Are you serious? You had him change the intro song to the Michigan fight song after they beat Rutgers. Rutgers beat Michigan. Oh. It is my gift to Wait, you. Wait, Vito on the other side of the glass. You went along with that nonsense. <laughs> oh, okay. The games are on now. I see I how know, it is. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that was the direction he was going with it. I For knew they our were listeners, and I forgot that they won. I'm sorry. I had no idea we weren't going to do our normal intro. And here I go, getting ready to say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Elec 85. We're thrilled to be here with you, 825. We're thrilled <laughs> to be here with you. And I get the Michigan fight song. What is this nonsense? It. Uh, what can I tell you? Well, look, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I oh, think we have a Temple grad on. We do have a Temple grad on. And seriously, Kevin Nagandi, do you believe this? I, I go to do the show, and, and Jeff hijacks the board to, to play a fight song because Rutgers lost the other night. That would be like... Somebody coming on and playing something against Temple, you wouldn't like that, like would you? Well, yeah, you know that's just listen. If if considering how well Rutgers is playing and he has to play that fight song, that I think that's a sign of respect. It like, is considering it, how Rutgers has been of late and how they listen, man. No one goes into the rack and gets the W, and that team is a dangerous team come March. So I, I think he's giving you some respect because if this was football, you think he'd play that? And he'd just assume that no matter what. No. 77 to nothing. With the football, he still reminds me of the weekend. They beat us 77 to nothing, and I did not turn off my alerts for scores on my mobile phone. So my phone or, or your text my phone battery tonight. basically died during that game because of all the yeah, mobile so alerts I, I got of Michigan scoring. I actually scoring. think that there's, there's a little bit of respect and fear of Rutgers, so that's why I had to play it. He had to, he had to throw it in your yeah, face. So I'm, you I'm, I'm going to take it that way. That sounds good. I know you were at the Temple Nova game. We are the Nova games here on the station. Your local guy made good. Local Philly guy went to Temple. Now went national. What's it, uh, what's it like for you to, to live this dream? Because I enjoy following it. I appreciate that. Um, it's everything I've ever dreamed about as a 14-year-old kid who watched SportsCenter and said that I wanted to get to ESPN. Um, the, the one thing in the process is that uh, I bleed Philly. I will always bleed uh, my roots. That's just how I was raised. That's uh, why I fell in love with sports, because of the passion uh, of following uh, the teams in Philadelphia. Uh, a lot of heartbreak during that time. A lot of learning from mistakes and understanding that, all right, eventually you're going to get yours. And and then when you're rewarded as, as a sports fan to see your team win, like, you know, 83, 2008, and, of course, 2018 or 2017, but the year was 2018, eh, there's nothing better in the world. And um, it's, it's, been a, it's been great here uh, being at ESPN for 14 years, and I look forward to in the next four years. 2008, you were live on the air, right, when the Phillies won that? <laughs> so 2008, uh, I, was, I was at Game 5 original, the first game, um, the first half. <laughs> I was I, I was in the center field, and uh, I remember staying outside. My you know a bunch of the guys I was with with ESPN they stayed in the truck, and I stayed outside and I watched the game and that downpour. And I didn't want to leave. And then I had to work the next night on ESPN News. And I remember that night we had uh, what Larry Boa, Mitch Williams, and a whole bunch of guys um, on the show. And then I raced home to watch the uh, final four innings. So it was great for me. It was a great experience. Uh, then, of course, uh, to, to go to the Eagles Super Bowl and then the post party and then host the, uh, the parade for ESPN. Um, honestly, you couldn't, uh, you, couldn't, 
you couldn't write a better script when you when you're tapping into the dreams of a young kid that dreamt about coming to ESPN. That Philly one, the Phillies one, seems like it might have been a little extra special. I didn't realize that you interned there and got to work with Harry Callis. What was that like? Yeah, so that was uh, I worked at Channel 17 WPHL, and um, that was man. There's nothing better because listen, growing up uh, as a kid there, we all wanted to be Harry Callis. We all wanted to be, you know, when we're playing and, and you're Mike Schmidt in the backyard, you need the Harry Callis play-by-play. When you're striking out somebody, you're Steve Carlton, and you are doing the Harry Callis play-by-play. So as a 20-year-old kid, to be in the booth with him and Whitey, uh, Richie Ashburn, and it's just us three, and I'm talking to them about stories, and they're sharing everything with me. Um, it, was a, it was a magical, magical two months for me being in the booth with them while I was interning uh, with the Phillies. So what's it, what's it like for you when you're on ESPN to know you're going to go in the next day and say the Phillies won the World Series or the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Can you sleep that night knowing that you get to say that the next day? Uh, yeah, I actually don't think about it in those terms. I think about it like I, the, the fan in me comes out where I'm just excited, period, right? And then, oh, there's my job, right? Um, the only way I could describe it is People tell me a lot, like, oh, you, you know, you're so biased. And I'm like, no, actually, it benefits me being this involved in something. I, I grew up watching Stuart, Stuart Scott, and Sue, Stuart loved Carolina. And I actually think his love for Carolina uh, enhanced any time he did it, a Carolina highlight or, or a Duke highlight because he was aware of the ACC and how everything played out. And same thing with Van Pelt and Maryland and his size and his respect for everybody around. So, like, whenever I do an Eagles highlight or a Sixers highlight or a Phillies highlight, like, I'm going to give you the best perspective. I'm not going to give you a national perspective. I'm going to give you the best perspective from the glasses that has, is fully aware of this team. So I bring all this up because – I'll never forget being on the air during the NFC Championship game when the Eagles played the Cardinals and Kurt Warner, and they're in Arizona, and that team had the lead. And, you know, the final six minutes played out, and, you know, the defense fell apart. We're on the air, and we're doing Sports Center, and at the end of the game, Sports Center's live doing, you know, post game reaction for 40 minutes. And I'm with Trent Dilfer and Merrill Hodge. And honestly, like, People are like, are you going to be mad on the air? I was like, no, it, it, it allowed me for 40 minutes to basically get everything out on the problems on this team. Right. It was a therapy and session I think on the air. That, and it was very cathartic. But I think that enhanced the conversation because I'm not asking general questions. I'm asking point blank specific details about the game with the awareness of the history. And I think that that benefits the analysts and I think that benefits the viewers. So when I – when I do the stuff that I do on the air and I'm talking about a local team, I'm making sure that, listen, I know what's going on, but I'm also going to ask a smart enough question to get the best out of the person that we're on the other side. And it's not going to be a general question. So as a professional and a fan, what do you ask the people at ESPN about the Sixers? <laughs> well, a lot of them come to me <laughs> and ask me. Uh, those meetings have been great. You know, uh, it's funny. I, I had a get-up meeting the other day and um, I had somebody ask me, Hey, Embiid or Simmons, which one? <laughs> and, and, 
I, I gave the answer, and then I said, what did you expect? Like, what were you thinking? And, and the guy told me, he was like, well, everybody in the room did a poll the day before to see what you were going to say. <laughs> and what, what was the and I was like, so what do they say, you know? <laughs> and, and when we got into that conversation, it, that, that to me is great. And then, you know, we had Jay Will on that day when I did get up, and I could talk to him a little bit more about it and find out behind the scenes when I'm with Legler. Hey, what's, what are you seeing from your perspective? Because he's a local guy as well. And then, uh, to me, it enhanced the conversation on, all right, he's seeing it from this way, I'm seeing it from this way, we are now collaborating stories and understanding it from different perspectives to get the best on on TV stuff. So what is the collective perspective of the Sixers right now there? You know, start of the the second half, last night was, uh, I enjoyed your your tweet about uh, the comparison to Carson Wentz and the Eagles. While you're watching the game, by the way, if you don't follow Kevin, uh, he does give his uh, anal- analysis in real time for you all live. <laughs> yeah. It is very entertaining. <laughs> um, but so what what is the, the take up there right now on where this team is as, as they try and way too much talent to be where they are. Um, I think everybody you talk to here that covers the game says this this should be a, potentially a two C, maybe a one C because they have too much talent. And they're not living up to the talent on the field, or I should say on the court. Um, and that comes maybe through immaturity. That maybe comes through coaching. Um, the, the perspective here, it's funny, two years ago, or, you know, even three years ago, I, I, was, I was riding that Sixers train and everybody was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, because we went through that lull for five years. And then two years ago when they, they started, you know, coming around right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and they had that huge winning streak, uh, heading into the playoffs, everybody's like, oh, this team's the up-and-coming team. And then last year, the expectations are, all right, now where are they going to take the next step? I think the assumption entering this season was, we're ready to see this team now, not talk about potential. We're ready to see them have championship play every single night. And we haven't seen that. And we haven't seen that from the two stars together. We haven't seen that from the, the added pieces and parts with Al Horford. And uh, that comes down to, I think, uh, a multiple things, layers, when you're talking about is Brett Brown putting them in the best position? Why has it taken Brett Brown 50 games to say, hey, maybe Horford shouldn't be starting in this lineup? Um, <laughs> Jeff is applauding you in studio here. Brand putting together all the pieces? Because, again, this team was built specifically, especially when you have Horford, specifically to say, if Embiid gets hurt, we have a backup plan. And if we go through the playoffs deep, we need size against Giannis and the Bucks. And I don't think that a lot of that thought has been into what about the spacing issues if we lose a shooter. And that has been the biggest thing. If you're going to get rid of J.J. Redick or at least let him walk, you need to replace him with a legitimate shooter. And they haven't done that. And hopefully Alec Burks can give them some of that. I, I'm, not, I'm not counting him on him to do it night in and night out, but if he could do it you know, two times a week, that's a huge plus for this offense. Um, they, they need consistent shooting coming off the bench and the confidence of somebody saying, all right, 
we can give him the ball. We know that he's going to put us in a good position. They just got to put him in the game, too, because then you all can debate the rotation that the Sixers use while you're yeah, up there on Yeah, yeah, how about too. that? That's a big issue. Jeff needs to explain to me, or you can, why Neto's getting so much time at one of these days. No, nobody can really explain I have no, that. I have no answer. Um, but, I, you know, you always come across on TV as sort of a thoughtful broadcaster. And I, when I was looking to do the interview, because I, I said to Jeff, I want to find some, some stuff, and... I found you said, you know, sort of your mantra, I want to teach the viewer something to educate the audience about the smallest nuance of the game that, that you take very seriously. And we sort of try and do that on the show. We like to tell stories and, and give people the lessons that people learn around sports and the, the impact that sports have on community and society. How, how does that mantra develop for you over time? And, and what advice do you have for people who want to kind of follow in your footsteps? Oh, wow. That's a really good layered question. Um, I look at it that when I'm on TV, how am I, how am I going to make this a fun getaway for you? But at the same time, when you walk away, how are you going to be informed? Like I want to be the fan, but at the same time, I also am the professional. So I'm going to give you the fan enthusiasm, but I'm going to give it to you in a professional manner. And that also is backed with stats and facts and thoughtful, you know, questions when you're doing an interview, you know, Stewart's got, you know, obviously a legend for how he delivered highlights, but I think we often forget and overlook that there was nobody more prepared with information while he was entertaining. And I, somebody pointed that out to me uh, when I was at temple and that never left me. It was like entertain, but find a way to each time you're entertaining to never lose the joy in your voice and also provide information to the viewer. So when they walk away, every highlight, they learn one thing. And I've tried to, to incorporate that in every single story I do. Um, and sometimes that is, that could be a topical discussion that's on Twitter. Um, that could be weaving like a Seinfeld joke where you're entertaining, but you're also getting to the point. Um, I brought up something about bubble teams the other day, and one of my producers and I love Seinfeld. And he's like, you know what the challenge is. So I found bubble a way boy. to incorporate <laughs> bubble boy, you know, and say, you know, it's it's not the Moors versus the Moops, but we've got some good competition with these bubble teams, and bubble boy would find a smile. So, like, Wait. you're entertaining, but you're also still finding a way to provide information. Now so you're speaking I, I Jeff's language. Seriously. All right. So, so, so when you do, when you do, because Jason and I are a little different in age, and he looks at me sometimes like I have three heads when I make those kind of jokes. <laughs> have you ever been on air, like, where one one of one of your co-hosts have just been looking at you, like, what, what did you just say? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, that happens. I mean, that happens all the time. Yes. <laughs> it's also knowing your audience. And, you know, listen, if you grew up watching SportsCenter in the 90s, half of those jokes were not for, I mean, Dan and Keith did a good job back and forth, but half of those jokes were all the guys behind the scenes. It's to make the producer laugh in your ear, to have the director crack up, like, or to have um, people in the studio laugh. You know, there are many times that we've done some stuff where, you know, our floor director, there's something he's doing and, and we pick up on it. And then we find a way, or at least I do, find a way to weave that into the story, right? So that happens all the time. And, and sometimes there's a joke that works. Sometimes there's a joke that doesn't work. Or there's a joke that you would have during the show with the entire crew and then you deliver it on the air to, to give them a little laugh. I, that happened. That was the entire '90s of Sports Center. <laughs> so um, it made it so I like great. To carry that out. 
What's it's, that? It's what made it so entertaining. It's what this is Sports Center came out of that. It was Yes. You know, now now I Jason Jeff, I, I also want to say you can't force that. That no. that comes that you can't just say, oh, All right, this is where I'm gonna do that joke. No, no, no. This is one of those where every now and then you do it. You don't you don't wanna make sure you, you don't wanna lose make sure you lose that audience and that credibility there by doing it all the time. So I don't go to the well with that all the time, but if the timing's right, we'll find a way. And sometimes it's spontaneous. Like um, it was the end of last week. We were I was in New York and Sage was in studio here, and they did a cutaway of um, Ben Roethlisberger's beard with the uh, Mountaineer mascot. And, <laughs> and and literally we had ten seconds left before we were signing off the show. And Sage said, "Is that real?" And <laughs> Literally, I jumped in. I said, oh, that's real, and it's spectacular. And then it was like 2-1, end of the night, right? Uh, now, listen, there are probably, there are probably a, a group of people saying, oh, so what's the big deal? And then there's a group that just would not stop laughing, and you get tweets and you get texts from people, and my producer's dying in, the, in my ear, and half the audience doesn't even know what I just said. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look for the next joke and find out what the backstory is after when I'm watching next time. <laughs> and by the way, you can look up real and spectacular. I can't expand on that. Uh, I know. I, we, I, we, had, we, had, yeah. we had one we couldn't discuss with Bill Ripken last week. Look it up. You'll know what it is. <laughs> oh, I know what that one is. <laughs> we, we, we asked him. I collected he told, baseball cards. He, he, told uh, us to, he told us to go to the Google. So, yeah, yeah. I, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to watching you on SportsCenter and everywhere else. People can follow you on Twitter. And I uh, really appreciate you giving us the time. Appreciate it, guys. Take Th- care. Have Take a great care. one. Thank you. Oh, Jeff, it's so much fun. It is always so much fun. And, I mean, he's really, he is a local boy done good. You know, he's he came from the city, went to Temple, then he traveled the country. And, to, he's, a, and he's still a true fan of Philadelphia. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I, and he's, look, and, I lived and look, in the Midwest. I was always still a Philadelphia fan. People respected that, that you didn't just go and pick up the Cubs no, or the Cardinals didn't. out there. Yeah, they did. People in the Midwest don't want Philadelphia fans anywhere near no, them. No, they didn't want me near them, but they respected uh, the okay, fact that so I stayed loyal to my we, team. We got to clip that, Mike. <laughs> just the fact that I said <laughs> they don't no, want me anywhere near me. <laughs> don't worry, I'll save it. <laughs> <laughs> too funny too funny okay so but you, but you know you can tell like like and he talks about Stuart St- scott too you can tell oh, with both of, but you can tell with both of them the passion for sports yes i don't think you can do that job if you don't you can't like do- sports is something you can't fake it's a really, love of it's, sports it's, it's you really, can't look, fake it'd be really hard for us to come in here each week and do this if we didn't love what we do you know, it's just it's it's hard to get yourself that level of entertainment you're not for you're not going to confess that you really don't watch sports no, I just really don't like you. I watch all the sports. <laughs> it's just who I have to do the show with. That's the problem. Like, like the day they actually make the Ocho, like oh, an existing thing, you're be, gonna be, that's gonna you're gonna that's gonna be the day that's gonna be like Wally. Like you never leave the couch. You're gonna float around going to the refrigerator. I'm and, gonna be a, a happy young man. Uh-huh. That will be that will certainly <laughs> I won't be a young man at that point, but I will be happy. Let's get to a little basketball. We brought the Sixers up a little bit with him. Four straight wins. Not college basketball. No. Oh, okay. No, Sorry. we're going to leave the college basketball there. Yeah. Though I do we still need the think. Fight song again? I, no, we yes. don't need the fight go, song go, go. again. We do not need the fight song. <laughs> well, wait. Again. Can I? Can I? Can the I... Rutgers fight song is somewhere in the system from a few weeks ago when they were ranked. Probably the only time it's ever been played on the is air. That at the the hoor- is that the hoorah hoorah? Thing? Yes. Because I, I was with a, sitting with a bunch of Michigan people, okay. and, the, and the big joke was because I, I want to give you credit. If you've never been to the rack before, it is by far. Great I've been to a lot of arenas. 
It is one of the best places to see college football, basketball. It, the it's it's a trap now. They call it the trapezoid of doom. I don't think they called it that before. No. But it it keeps the sound. There in. it is. That's right. There we go. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> Jeff heard enough. Yeah, yeah. But but the, the it was for the first time in, that I've ever been there. A majority Rutgers crowd. They were loud. The place was, I mean, insane. It was it was a real college basketball atmosphere. The thing was, though, none of us had actually ever heard the Rutgers fight song because they never had a reason to play it when we were there. <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> it, I, I got to agree with Kevin, though. It says something that you cared enough about yes. this game to come in and play the fight song because there's nothing that Rutgers have ever done before yeah. that you would have come in and taunted me with. No, because they are, they are good. Even the 77 and nothing game, you more felt sympathy for me than wanting to rub it in my face. Well, not during the game. I did rub it <laughs> in your face. There were a lot of text messages. Sixers are 26 and two at home, 35 and 21 overall, half game behind Miami for the fourth seed. Do you want me to be impressed? Jeff, last night they played Brooklyn yeah. and they gave up a 40 to eight run. Yeah. How does that happen? Because they don't care. No, I, that's not true. It they is do true. Care. No, this this is you, this is the the. I enig- hate saying athletes don't care. I'm not saying athletes don't care. I'm saying these guys don't care enough. Okay. What I'm saying to you is is the same thing you hear. Just if you go watch Kevin interview people on the national broadcast, every single one of them says the same thing: is this team is more talented than what they're showing. And what that means is they are not giving consistent effort for 48 minutes for 82 games. That Now, the, the promising part of that is when they get to the playoffs, I think they will. But you now have a situation where they are not going to be a top seed or they probably won't be a top three seed. And so they're going to either play the Heat on the road or they play the Heat at home. And then second round, they're going to play the Bucks. Now, they're built to beat the Bucks. That's the reason Horford's still here. Is because they want to beat the Bucks. Not that, if he stays at the three point line. Huh? Not if he stays out of the three Horford? point line. Yeah. Well, no, but okay. So, but the problem is, is everything that was wrong with Embiid and right with Embiid is all within that one game. The first half. Yeah. So you said that his li- his stat line. If you didn't watch the game, okay, go through and the you stat just line, look and at I'll... the stat line right. for him: thirty nine points, sixteen rebounds, and two blocks. And, and you're missing but, another stat. 18 for 19 from the free throw line. And and he was a plus 24 when he was right. on the court, while Horford was a minus 26. All right, now let me pick that So you're that telling apart. me that that's misleading. Tell me why. Because the first half, he was atrocious. The first half, he was not busting it and being under the basket. And he should dominate from the minute he gets on the court and the first tip-off happens to the end of the game. And what happened is, and, and you know my feeling on booing. I am not big yeah, on you're booing. You're anti-boo. There were a ton of boos last night. And, and Embiid heard it, and he is sensitive whether he likes to say so or not. And he came back from halftime. He was on the floor. He was blocking shots. He was all over the place. End of the game, he was up and down the court. Yep. Not and, lagging and at well, all. That was my next point. And it was all within the key instead of outside the key. Is that because Ben wasn't playing? No, because he didn't do it in the first half. Okay, so it has it nothing to do with Ben, you don't think, at this point? No, I think that, that he needs to constantly be reminded. He was how many how many games ago did one of the greatest centers that played the game Shaquille O'Neal and one of the greatest Sixers Charles Barkley say that he was not performing properly and he said it to, he took it to heart for a game and then he went back to not being like that until he was on a national game 
he, for, for some reason, he will not put forth the effort consistently game to game from the minute he's out there until the minute he's on the bench. And by the way, he doesn't even have to play that much. Now that you've moved Horford to the bench, you can preserve Embiid's minutes, which means Embiid should now be more baseline to baseline than he was before. He, the problem is, whether, whether he likes it or not, the impression from the people who know is, is that Embiid takes three-pointers because he doesn't want to run all the way from baseline to baseline. And that is not a way, and, and this whole nonsense that you can't be a back-to-back center, he goes, but he plays back to the basket. He is the best center. So what did he say? Even at, that Euro step when he was faced to the, to the basket at the end of the game that made everybody think it was a walk, but it wasn't. Yeah, he he has skills that nobody else has there. And, and for him, I, I was torn because after the game he said he, he needed to show that he's the best player on the planet. And the fact is... People in the know, smarter than us, say he can be the best player on the planet when he feels like it. That is, to me, that is the most backhanded compliment you can give somebody. And Embiid can't play a half like he did and and overtime and come out and brag that he's the best player best player in the world because you need to do it every night. I can you imagine what somebody like Michael Jordan says when he th- when somebody like that says that? Uh, What's the no. point? It looks like Ben will be back on Saturday night against the Bucks. Were you surprised that Ben missed the game with back soreness after the All-Star game? No. <laughs> Glad we could have this conversation. And, and, and by the way, and by the way, if if there was anything tweaked at all, what would he want to do? He would not want to play not against the lesser team and then once they're on national television against the Bucks, they all want to show off. You know who did play last night? Ooh. I, I mentioned it to you and Kevin. Yeah. Um 28 minutes for for Neto. He's a beast. Why? Why? I don't know. He started. Why? He started. What am I missing? I don't know. Like, watching this team makes me feel dumber about basketball. So give me his stats. You're not going to give me any stats on No, that. I didn't care. He was on the court too much. He was, was on like, for 28 minutes. G- give me, like, Shake Milton out there. Give me something, anything. Especially By the because way, poor next Shake. year it's going to cost you more to go to the games because <laughs> they're raising prices again. Yeah, you didn't know that before we went on the air. No, the and way. as a season ticket holder, I was kind of surprised. Your reaction—they hit me up for I got hit up for the playoff tickets already. <clears throat> Your reaction when you saw that? So we we create a little rundown of things we want to follow for the show, and Jeff looked at it about two minutes before we went on the air. I <laughs> got to the Sixers section. Wait, wait, wait! Can we go back to how old for go a second? Hole. So uh, he twenty-eight had, minutes, twenty-eight minutes, six points, two rebounds, four assists, one for four shooting, zero for one three pointers. And by the way, four of his six points were from free throws. Well, that's... He had look, zero I, blocks, a turnover. Again, I don't understand he this w- rotation at all. He was a plus five. That's why they, they talk about the guys that they brought in. Is Brett going to put them in the rotation? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's uh, it's a question a lot of times of who's on the here, court. You want to re- be really As P.O.? much as who's on the team. You want to be really P.O.'d? Oh, sure. Go ahead. How, how come Thibault wasn't playing more? How many minutes did he get? Uh, I don't know. Not a lot. Way to be 16. prepared for this show, Jeff. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> I was trying it, to. You bring 16. it up on the air. Shake Milton, 13 minutes. Cork That's Moss, what I don't understand. Minutes. That's what I understand. So you explain to me how Shake, Matisse, and Cork Zaire Moss, Smith got nothing. Uh, Why I, do they have him on the bench? They want him to get the NBA experience of being with the oh, team. Oh, so the experience you get is sitting on a, a chair? I didn't say it was a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> I just said that's the like, reason. It, like the, the guy who is the coach is a guy who came here at the beginning of the process to develop players. 
in a game like against the Nets, how is a first-round pick from last year still not able That's to get on the court? Concern. And how will Neto is on the court? We can talk. And Trey about, Burke has been cut. We we talk regularly about his in-game coaching decisions. Yeah, he's supposed to be developing these guys. Well, I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he's developed that. anybody, including Ben Simmons, I just, who is the guy. You know, the guy that he's known since he was a kid. Am I missing it? That no, like you're I, not. I, he, he's he has not developed players, and he's not coaching. So yeah, they didn't tell you that they were raising prices before I found them on Philly Voice. Now, now you just annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, why don't we hit a break when we come? Yeah, back? play the we'll, Michigan fight we'll, song to we'll, cheer me up. No, we're not going to play the Michigan fight song <laughs> on the way out. We've already done that enough today. We'll we'll hit the break when we come back. We got baseball. We'll talk about throwing at people. Jeff may throw something at me. <laughs> Stick with us. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty Clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Mike. Well, that's kind of loud. Yeah, we'll just keep it loud and going. No worries. Right. We, we don't really want to talk at all. Vito's over there trying to, you know, he just wants to talk he's, Flyers. Yeah, and if we're not talking Flyers, he's not stuff. paying any attention to anything. Boo. We'll get to it. Just relax back there. I didn't give you a chance to talk about your boy John Beeline's out in Cleveland. Yeah. That, 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 that didn't that last didn't, long. That didn't. Look, they were complaining in August. Yeah. August. All right, what, what do you want to get into now? There's there's so much to talk about right now, Jeff, in terms of the NFL owners and the potential CBA, yeah. the Phillies and the potential fanatic changes, Major League Baseball. Boy, can you imagine the uproar that's about to happen? I th- I mean, I don't know, but you want if you're talking about the All right, so for fanatic. our listeners, there's a story out that the Phillies are going to un- uh, unveil, unveil some the, changes the new and improved to the new fanatic. and improved fanatic on Sunday. I'm guessing this has something to do with the legal fight that they're involved in. You know, it could. Be, it also could be a publicity stunt. It could be because but you can't. Fans are like that lawsuit or the battle that ensued and started last yeah. year. It's still ongoing and never did get resolved. Yeah, if, but so the ones who have the like, I guess, the trademark rights to the fanatic. Yeah, uh, Jeff is better at trademark law than me. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 the thing is, is I don't know how you're going to change it. That's going to be substantial enough that you change it and don't kill it. That was my question, too. So you. I don't know. Like, isn't the trademark under a green furry animal unless you make him not green and That's furry? That's exactly how it's written. So, uh, Really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but unless you make him not green and furry, how do you materially I, I, I change have, I have a feeling this is, is not what we all think it is. Okay, so you think people uh, the, are... You, wait, my you mean to tell me is, that this people is are just overreacting? A you think that people are overreacting? You know, something? that could, would never this happen. This could be here. red fanatic. You know, like never. We would never. But remember, you know, anything. they've done they've done the thing where you know they've turned they've turned the fanatic red for a day and stuff like that. So I don't know. I I just have a feeling this is. You know what this reminds you're me of? Have to get John Brady re- on the line. <laughs> this this reminds me of the the Tom Brady walking out of the the tunnel that was, and it was talked just about an for ad two for weeks, an and ad. it turns out it was an advertisement. <laughs> so so let's not all get our our little fanatic stuff and our little dangles out of a. I'm gonna go to the Astros and the cheating scandal because there's still even though they this cheated. Is, this is not 
new news anymore. Yeah. There's lots of new news. Oh, this it's constantly week. new news. Be- but the main reason it's new news is because the Astros players and ownership are stupid. Because they keep you mean saying it's, it's not Altuve's tattoo. No, they just keep saying <laughs> dumb things. I mean, Car- somebody should tell Carlos Correa that he should not be the spokesman for anybody else because he his shouldn't. explanation that Altuve didn't want people to see a half-done tattoo, and then for Jeff Passan to report that Altuve walks around without a shirt in the locker room all the time, <laughs> like it's no big deal. All right, so Dusty Baker, the new manager of the Astros, wants protection for his players. Which is the right because thing for a coach to want. Vegas has now set an <laughs> over-under of 83.5 down to 82.5 on the number of is times. That, is that more more or less than their win total? <laughs> oh, I think I think they will get hit more than they win, potentially. Oh, I don't. I think they're still a talent. I think team. they're going to be thrown at a lot. The pro- well, okay. It's going to be certain teams, too. You figure they do play the Braves again this year. I know the Braves weren't happy with the Yankees. Oh, they're going to play the Yankees. The A's are going to throw at them. The A's. Every- people yeah. are going to throw at them. Division. People will get suspended. They'll get suspended. So well, so, so here's, here's my prediction. Whenever the first Astros game is on MLB TV. Opening it, day. It, no, no. In spring training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be watched by a lot of people. I've already gotten my subscription. I, I'm turning it on because if the, I will be very disappointed. And I don't believe you in throwing be it if somebody doesn't, if somebody throw doesn't get drilled the first time they're up. All right. So what does baseball do? Because I don't believe that Rob Manford has handled this well at all. No. I mean, this week he called the trophy a piece of metal. Yeah. That's Good not move. the and best. He, and then he retracted it. That That's not the best yeah. way to get people to go along with this. Mm-hmm. However, you're going to have guys that are having fastballs 100 miles an hour coming at their head and neck, and you can't have No, I, No, I don't think that's going to happen. I, don't, I do not think people Some are going to Some people don't have the best control. Well, okay. but <laughs> You're going to have pitches that get no, away. I, I think there's going to be a lot of shots at the ribs and the butt. But uh, look, th- this, is, this is more complicated than people want to make it out to be because – the players' union is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, the union is responsible for protecting the rights of the players, not doing what is what the majority wants them to do, because you always want to protect everybody equally. It's just it's just like when somebody commits a crime, whether you like it or not, they're entitled to a defense. So I don't know what the players' union can do about this. I would not criticize the players' union, but the the. The by MLB giving immunity to the players. That's the problem. Whether or not Tony Clark want the way Tony Clark phrased it was wrong. I mean, to say that they didn't want it is nonsense, or that they didn't ask for it is nonsense. They knew it was coming based on the way words were being phrased. Yes, but the situation is is by by Major League Baseball not punishing them significantly enough, knowing the uproar of the players unless they didn't anticipate it, which means they're just not in touch with their Which would say even more about them if they didn't anticipate this blowback. Here, here, here's what Manfred's got to do. Manfred now has to say, look, I've I've heard from the owners and the players. I misjudged. He's going to have to fall on his sword, and, and he's going to have to do something. And here's things that, that he could do that are, that are half measures. First of all, the actual medal trophy should be removed from the... Regardless of whether it says Astros in the record books, and I think that there should be an asterisk just like there is with Barry Bonds. What you do is you take away that trophy and you say, the Astros, you are not allowed to display any World Series stuff in your stadium from that year, period, the end. If you do it, we are taking away your team, Crane. 
Second of all, players all have to, they want to go around and say that they're World Series champions. That's their business. You are to return your rings and you are returned to every penny you got for your World Series share. Period. The end. If you don't return your ring and you don't return your World Series share, then you don't get to play until you do. And then let the union fight over it. Because I have a feeling the majority of the players will back that. I mean, you're having players that are not exactly vocal leaders. Mike Trout, Mike Trout is, is not a... Exactly. He's not known as a guy who comes out and says stuff, and he's coming out and says stuff. I don't, I don't know how you can just go into LeBron came out the other day. Yeah, who cares about LeBron? You know what? You know who cares about LeBron? The platform who? that he has to influence people. Okay. And so you can say that people don't care, but when his however many followers, he could deal with his own sport, which has its own problems. It does have its own problems, but the more people are speaking about it, the more pressure becomes on baseball. And so I think I don't that, think Manfred's influenced by LeBron. He's influenced by the people. No, that are he's influenced by ratings and sales. And if LeBron helps to drive people not to buy things or not to do things because he's not satisfied as a fan himself, that will influence other people. He's a fan, and he's entitled to his opinion just like everybody else. And here's the one thing. Just like David Ortiz is to say that and here's Mike the one thing, a snitch. Here's the one which thing. Which I disagree We're with. starting. Well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> here's the one thing I also think that we're going to start it right here. We started it on our High Hopes page, but right now. We're going to somehow get Major League Baseball to refund every person who has an Astros jersey of a player from, from 2017 if they want it. You really do have high hopes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the right thing to do. They should. Yeah. If, I, I, if I don't th- want I don't, to. Th- I don't think anybody should have to wear a jersey of players they now believe are cheaters, especially kids. All right, so now that we're through the altruistic section of the show. We're going to get the Big Poppy Let's now. get to Big Poppy, yeah. who believes that Mike Fires is a snitch. And I don't know what my, what he believes. I, I know what he, what he's saying. Um, now, I will say this: Fires didn't blow the whistle when he was on that team, benefiting from it. So he's not as golden boy. He benefited well, uh, and took a ring. Yeah, but you're missing a point. Fires didn't exactly come out and start yelling. This is it. There were five players that came out and said this. Fires just happened to be the only one that would confirm he was one of the five players that acknowledged I, it. I understand. He did not. However, it's not like Conseco, where Conseco wrote a book. If you, and, and if we followed the, the Jeff rule, yeah, Fires would have to return a ring too. Yes. So he's not as clean in okay, this whole I, thing. I, I, I'm but to say with he's that. a snitch and he's the scapegoat, he I didn't. Have, I have a real problem with that word. Okay. There's go a, ahead. there's a lot of connotation to that word. And, and it's it's now setting off the next wave of problems because when you start calling people snitches, it, it, people have a very like visceral reaction to that. And, and for Big Poppy to come out and say it's a snitch and this is something that should have been dealt with in the locker room, hey, Big Poppy, it wasn't dealt with in the locker room. There were players that apparently said we shouldn't do this, right? There were some players who didn't use it. But right? there were players that apparently apparently McCann was one of them. There were a couple guys that said we we shouldn't do this and tried. <laughs> McCann probably said it because it didn't help him. He used his splits. It didn't matter what they did. Except against the Phillies, and he kills us all the time. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But, but the fact is, is it didn't get dealt with in the locker room and this this mentality, the locker room mentality that everything needs to stay there and it's going to get taken care of. Look, 
Uh, Big Poppy might have a reason why he doesn't want people to snitch about what happened in a locker room. So he should really keep his mouth shut. How's that? So you're not. Am a, I clear? <laughs> y- you're not a. You're not a fan of what Big Poppy said. Is no, I. I, I and and let's face it, he's friends with Alex Cora, so he's got that motive too. Which was supposed to come this week, the news of the Red Sox punishment, and as of twenty to five on a Friday, unless they're doing a Friday news dump. Uh, we got nothing on the Red Sox punishment, so the, the the Red Sox are already being punished. Wow! They couldn't get themselves a manager for the longest time. They traded Mookie Betts for this pen. <laughs> I mean, come on! The Red Sox are going to stink. They'll suffer. The they Astros and, and and by the way, Astros as, are still going to be a good team. As a person who has despised the Nationals since the day they moved from Montreal, yes. I have to say, I, I now have a place in my heart for the Nationals. Because they beat the Astros? Because this this situation... Would be so much worse if they were the if reigning they had champions. Two, if they had two of these? And if they were the reigning champions. Yeah. And the fact that the Nationals And the buzzer stuff. Out, yeah, but the Nationals sniffed this out and, and came up with a complex system to make sure that the Astros didn't. And as proof that it worked, by the way, they won all four games on the road. They did. Yeah. They did. So so give give the Nationals and their manager and the, their, the whole team credit for what they were able to do. Major League Baseball going to try and change the topic and change the playoffs? <laughs> they don't want to talk about that? They'll change the playoff format? Yeah, exactly. You you cool with uh, this round-robin live television unveiling? Do you really think that's going to happen? No, I don't. But do you, why do do, where do these gonna ideas come from? Huh? Where do these ideas come from? Just make the, the game on the field the same, better. The same ones that didn't this punish the Astros players. This is not hard. Make the product better before you go and change that nonsense. It, it just see, look. I'm okay with expanding the playoffs if you want to do that. If you're going to do that, though, you got to reduce the number of games. As much as I love 162 games, because I would sit through every one of them. Um, as much as much as I believe in the whole system of those grueling 162 games warrant less teams in the playoffs. I understand that I'm in the minority with that, and it's time to to add playoff teams. It's just going to change records, but quite frankly, with everything that's happened the last 20 years, do records really matter in Major League Baseball? Well, apparently not. You, um, you got World Series champions that cheat. You got home run hitters who cheat. You got all sorts of people who cheat. So, so the, if you're the baseball, how do you handle this? Because I'm one that believes you can't erase history. It happened. So to say that it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means you're not acknowledging that's it. What the, so how that's do you what treat the asterisk this? is for. So, the, so you just put an asterisk on all of it. And the asterisk is for the steroid era or for the cheating scandal or for the Black Sox I hate to tell you if, like you, if you go to Cooperstown, the asterisks are already there. Barry Bonds' stuff is the in, in even though he's not in, his bats... Balls that he hit the home is runs. Is there an asterisk on it, though? No, it explains that, that, that it's part of that era. So it's the same thing as having an asterisk there. So why are we having this conversation if they already do that? Why, why is this so difficult? Just acknowledge everything and put a little disclaimer. This was done through cheating. They because, didn't do it because, the right way. Because that makes sense. Oh, okay, I'm making right. too much sense. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks for letting me know. And, and by the sense. way, that doesn't happen every day. I know, me making sense. <laughs> uh, Philly spring training games start on TV this weekend, right? Much fewer on TV yes. this, this uh-huh. spring. Surprised? Yeah, well, well, that's where we're going to find out about this uh, fanatic stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're not going to have more games on for people to watch. I would think that... I'm surprised for two reasons. One, I believe that the interest will be there. Yeah, for with this Girardi team. and... 
you know, New Hope and how many uh, games are being televised? I feel like year in year 10. out, there's not never a lot on. It's, like it's they're all fewer on the radio, this but year. It's been going down. I think they cut it from 17 to, to 10, 10 this year. To 10 say, this year. I, yeah. I mean, I'll take baseball whenever I can get it. And like spring training, hey, cool. You just want to see because you're going to see guys too. You're not going to get a chance to see a lot of. Yeah, the guys that we'll end up seeing in the minors usually. when we do our minor league. Yeah, show. the guy, the guys that we're going to spotlight during. The, I mean, we have an, a self interest in it because we like watching these guys grow, and this is their first opportunity to get out there and and for people to learn their names. Like, uh, you know, I'll keep saying it, Mickey Moniak. You're going to see him in some of these games, and by the way, you're going to be see careful a guy, saying his name, Jeff. Jeff, you, you're going to bring the hate on Twitter. You, you are you are not going to recognize the body that that He's he now Jack, has, man. Yeah. He actually became an adult now. This <laughs> is his third, fourth league with the Phillies system now. Third, third. He'll season. be a triple. He'll be a triple A this year. He'll be a triple A, but like but he's still year, only like twenty one. But old, when right? we yeah. interviewed him last year, he told us he still gets physical pains from growth, like in his body. He's, well, that's a good thing. Then I mean, so, here's the thing: a lot of people don't realize they took him at eighteen years old, yeah. right out of high school. Jeff he's, argues with the people about that all the time. Yeah. you got to you got to have patience with him. And, and, and he's definitely that's one of that development that that kid kid that needs probably still two more years. And you know what? Not, not that one he more. Be in this AAA is it. This year, because the second half of what he did in Reading, he really started to get him, get himself going back to a level that we want to see. Is, this will be the last year that he's he, in. He'll the be minors. in Lehigh Valley but from the start of the season. Re, this is the year where he really needs to kind of take off. And now that he will start in AAA maintain that and really grow and show that he belongs there and he's ready to take that step to the big to. stage. Yeah. I, so, but, but so, he, no, but here's my problem with this whole thing of cutting down the number of games. I, I don't understand why they're doing it because there's nothing else on that station <laughs> at they need noon to replay the World Series of poker on a again. weeknight. They need to replay the World Series of Poker again, Jeff. It's very important. It's very important uh-huh. to watch. Um, I, I did hear and Girardi we talk this week about... about the rotation that he's going to use in spring training yeah. and how Pavetta and Velasquez are going to go a lot because they're fighting for the fifth spot. But he may look at the guy that he feels will perform better Ranger. in the bullpen. I think you're headed to Vinny Velasquez going to the bullpen. No. I think you're finally really? going to get what you want. Oh, you're, so we're acknowledging that this is something that I've been saying for I how many years? I have never not said it wasn't a Jeff Cohen special. But there's no question that you're <laughs> there's no question that Girardi wants him out of the bullpen. Everything he's been saying about what he did with the Yankees and how he turned star, you know, people Wasn't who Dylan were, Batanz's starter turn exactly. And and that so when I I went to talk to him out in Reading, that was something he was talking about. And he talks the the thing about him, unlike Gabe, who just likes to talk about rainbows and unicorns, is. <laughs> Is that Girardi is is upfront, but still in a positive way. So he doesn't just say, "I think Vinny should be in the bullpen." He says, "Here's why Vinny should be in the bullpen." Oh, you mean he makes his case? He's a salesman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He he gets it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kapler's just a surfer, dude. Are you, your level of expectation right now going into this season? I, wa- I wanted to ask Kevin what his prediction was for the Phillies yeah. or for the Sixers or no for, for the Phillies. Team? What's your prediction for the I, Phillies? I mean, I, I, think, I think I can honestly say right now I have no clue. I have no clue Un- until but I you until would I know think what that Girardi is good for at least five more wins. So just he, because so he can manage a rotation, and yeah, he won't but collapse in September. Even if they did. have no pitchers, he'll manage the things that they have. But think about th- there are a bunch of of bench pieces on that are available to this team that you don't even think. You know, Jay Bruce is still here. Forgot about you that. know he's John, one of, he's you know one of the seventy one people. Yeah, yeah, he's know, one of the seventy one people. By the way, here's another one that you have the whole Pittsburgh's uh, uh, yeah right. Josh, you, have, you have Harrison, I which, which could Steelers be no, but, but but 
You ready, ready for this one? You know Nick's, Nick Williams is still here? No way. Yeah. <laughs> really? See? Like, people have totally forgot. Roman Quinn is still here. There's still some pieces here that could fill out a nice bench, which in the last few years the Phillies have well, not had. Yeah, Roman Quinn, if he's deeper benches they have this if year. He's and healthy, Segura, there, there's a I heard new he guy lost that's, a lot of weight. Yeah, 20 pounds. he lost 20 pounds. And he came in and sort of admitted that he didn't always bust it. No, he would have fit better on the the eighty Phillies than the two thousand nineteen Phillies team. Yeah. All right, everybody, watch your games this weekend, <laughs> Jeff. Let's move on to the NFL for a little bit. Some Eagles news this week. They some re- more playoff stuff. They released Nigel Bradham. Oh, okay. You don't are care. They gonna, are they going to have anybody left to play on the team? Well, they're going to have money. Who's to, left? They're going to have money to try and find them. Alshon Jeffrey apparently may be moving on as well. They. They might want to move on from him. That doesn't surprise me at all Not at this point. Uh, what surprises me is that Jeffrey now would welcome the change of scenery. Why um, Why are you surprised by that? He's been grousing about it. Hasn't he been the suspected because complainer he's, because for Because he's got a year his and contract, and, a half? and I think he wants his money. I think he cares more about his money than anything right now. No. I, I, well, he's I, getting his money. He'll he's, get his money somewhere else. He'll probably get renegotiated when they send him someplace. They'll, yeah. they'll extend him out or something. But the owners are he'll looking to approve a new collective it. bargaining agreement, yep. and do you think the players are going to go well, along with that? Well, the owners have approved it. The, the owners have, have approved it. So tell our listeners what's in it and what do we think is going to happen. 17-game regular season. woo Two more playoff teams, one more in each conference. So, so there'll now be seven teams per conference with only one team getting a bye instead of two. All right, so that's interesting to me. Yeah. So the first weekend there will be three games in each conference. Yeah. And then the next week... The Which means you're really not getting out of the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody's getting anything right. done. Now with, you have six with, instead of four. those yeah. games are uh-huh. on. Um, okay, your thoughts on that proposal first. More football's fine with me. You're okay with that. Yeah. Okay, keep going. What else is in there? So now, so, but the people are going to complain that don't like that are going to say, well, this is going to lead to more injuries. Well, they've tried to deal with that by cutting back on reduced training camp time, what full speed drills you're allowed to do, padded practices. The amazing part about all of this is there's only one group that appears to get screwed every time there's a collective bargaining agreement, which is the coaches. Every time there's a collective bargaining agreement, the players and the owners seem to get more money. It's just a question of what, how the pie is split up. And the players seem to practice less and less, and the coaches just sit there and nobody consults them. Roger Goodell would have authority over integrity of game matters. Personal yeah. conduct violator, violators would go to neutral arbitrator. Is that well, going to fix things? No, because the the integrity of the game thing is a broad brush, which we know from years of baseball, right? So if Goodell wants to take control of a situation, he's going to take control of the situation. And if he doesn't, he now has an out that he's not the villain all the time. Okay, uh, marijuana changes. You surprised to see that in the proposal, or is that just no. a sign of the times? I with think the that's a, I think that's a sign of the times in all leagues. I think that's going to happen everywhere. Uh, JJ now Watt. 157 pounds of it <laughs> might be a problem. <laughs> that's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> okay, so I love the Browns. That is, they're, they're good for they're good for a mocking at we, least once every two weeks. We googled that. That's about 150. Bricks. Who googled that? A uh, guy in the office yesterday and I when we saw the amount. Yeah, guess what. Googled it. That means you're probably going to have the DEA That's knocking fine. on your That's door. about 150 bricks. You can build yeah. a wall right. with how much he had. Well, if they had built the wall, then he wouldn't have been able to get the 157 pounds across. Crazy. Yeah? Absolutely crazy. J.J. Watt tweeted hard Was that all pers- Was that all just for him personally? Was he just storing up for a winter? I mean, like... <laughs> That'll last you 
even if you smoke a lot, that'll last you a long time. <laughs> JJ Watt tweeted you hard. You stopped no. yourself. Do you <laughs> forget it? <laughs> JJ Watt tweeted hard no on on the uh, proposal. Yeah. Um, some criticism of JJ Watt saying he should be involved in the bargaining unit then if he has such opinions. Your thoughts on players who will now say they do not like what has been negotiated. They never are going to like what they negotiated. What's going to end up happening is the, the revenue percentage has now gone up for the players from 47 to 48.5%. Which, by the way, in case somebody thinks that that 1.5% doesn't mean anything, it's $5 billion. That's a pretty penny. That will, that will additionally be given to the, the players. little side change. Okay. So what will end up happening is maybe it will go up to 49.5. But... The, the one thing, I understand that sports is the, the players are the commodity and stuff. The people that own the team are still allowed to make money, okay? It, and it shouldn't be that the only time you make money is when you sell the team. Capitalist Jeff makes an appearance on the show. All right. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little Flyers. Uh, this will excite Vito behind the glass. Big win last night. Flyers 34-20-7. and seven. Uh, They were swept by Columbus last season. They're now... Twelve four and four, they're they they are twelve five and one since January eighth. Only two NHL teams have more points: the Lightning and the Brewers in that stretch. Through sixty one games, they have their best record in nine years. And they would have a bet. They have a better record than all but I believe two teams in the Western Conference. They they, they are really good this year, and people are just not paying attention. And now. The, the resurgence has to do with getting back your goalie of the present and the future, which is Carter Hart. Some of your players playing really well. Konechny has three points in his second straight game last night. Um, Gostisbehere headed back to the AHL for an assignment. Vito on the other side of the glass. You don't think he's going to play another game in the Flyers uniform? I, I don't know that he won't not play another game. I just think they're they're numbered. Days are numbered for him. Do you, uh, do you have his jersey? Monday. I do not have a uh, Drew jersey. I uh-huh. do have a Konechny. I do have a Proveral jersey. So and you've got all your you're all flyered up on, uh, on the other I'm, side of the glass there. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved. Is he grittied up? Yeah. <laughs> gritty, I'm on board. Gritty was I'm on board with gritty. Gritty was cleared. By, by the way, you know, gritty was cleared. Gritty was cleared. I, I told you all along, free gritty. <laughs> you led the mm-hmm. movement there. Um, you okay? So. Carter Hart has looked good since. Oh, and by the way, Gritty was also the subject of John Oliver, so he's he's making national news again. Of course, he yeah. is. Gritty is uh, always a newsmaker. Yeah, but but now we have a situation. This was <laughs> look. That was my concern when they announced Gritty is that Gritty was going to take over where there wasn't a product. You've got a product, and now you have now you have it all. So now now you have a team that is going to make the playoffs, and if they get in the playoffs, I think that they're going to have they're going to make a lot of excitement. You were have, either of you at you, the Columbus game the other night? I wasn't. I was not. I'm just wondering whether the fans are starting to. Oh, come you're going to blame us for not being there? No, I'm just. I wasn't there, and so the games that I've gone to, the attendance hasn't been what I had hoped for, and so I'm wondering if people are. You're starting talking to about see, people physically in the seats, yes, not people the pizza physically. They raised the prices with the product not being hold. And here's the thing: I think Phil the Flyers are one, and I'm not saying this because the Flyers are my team. No, of course that not. Team, you would never do that. The fan base has always been there for them. And then recently, within the last year or two, I think with them raising the prices and that product not quite, not quite being where it should be and where the Flyers fans want it to be, they, they kind of backed away. But, um, yeah, the, the, the notice is there. I mean, this, this team isn't going anywhere. They're here to stay. This isn't just a flash and panic kind of thing. Since January 7th, following a loss, they're 7-0-0. So they're not allowing the losses to pile up, yeah. which was why they sit in division third, in third, five points behind Washington and Pittsburgh right Vigne- now. Vignot was a 
Great choice. Great hire. And look, I mean, they beat the Panthers twice last week. They beat the Blue Jackets twice this week. Those are teams both fighting for playoff spots. I'm actually going to go for the first time. I've always wanted since I was a kid. I grew up in North Jersey. Always wanted to go see a hockey game in Madison Square Garden. I've seen a college hockey game. You going? I'm going to the Flyers-Rangers game on the second. We may have to talk off air. All right. (laughs) I was there two years ago. One of the coolest experiences uh, at the Garden was seeing the Flyers and Rangers play a Sunday afternoon game. Awesome. That'll be fun. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to let you um, talk about the... The XFL? No. No, I'm not going to go XFL with you. (laughs) Thursday Night Football? No. Ratings were down this week in the XFL. Thanks. But look, they're still high enough that... Didn't Seattle draw like 30,000 fans out of their game this week? They did. There are some teams that have done well. But no, I want to... So there's a proposal to have a one-time transfer without sitting out in college sports. Yeah. You went off last week on Mel Tucker. You have been very opinionated about the unfairness of college sports. Do you like any of these ideas? Are they legitimate potential solutions? And granted, you've got about two minutes for I your answer. I cannot stand the transfer portal. Look, we've had athletic directors. We had Ward Manuel from the from Michigan talk about it. We've had, I think, Bob Stoops talked about it. We've we've had it from pretty much all angles except for the college athlete. Um I think now what the coaches are doing and the hypocrisy of the coaches means that you're not going to be able to avoid this whole thing. But the, but there's this is more of a life lesson kind of thing is that athletes and, and kids in general at that age have got to learn to compete. It's life. Daddy, you know, Daddy Jeff coming out on no, the radio. No, but this is... Kids, it, listen it, up. <laughs> the, the fact is you cannot always be looking for the, for the next great thing. At some point, you have to put in the work and accept whether or not you can compete and you can't. You you can't, if you're not committed to what's in front of you and you're always looking sideways to see if there's an out, you're not going to succeed in life. What about if you're never in that competition for real because the person who's there coaching now isn't the person who brought you in? Then you should be able to go. So it's not a blanket rule against the ability to leave. No, I think I don't think players should be trapped when they're brought under their false pretenses. Right. And, 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 you know, people like Mel Tucker, look, he, that was a con job. He was at he a did. dinner right before he got on yeah. the airplane telling boosters that he was going to be I, there. Not that I ever needed a reason to root against <laughs> Michigan State, but, you know, you, you just hope he falls on his face now. Yeah, the, well, you you don't need any extra reason to, no. to hate Michigan State. Yeah. So, um... Do but think- I don't think it's the answer. I, I I don't think I think at some point your the lesson you have to learn in life is is to compete and and succeed and fail in what you're doing, not always looking to say, oh, I'm going to look for a college where they have nobody who's any good, which is what they're doing now. That's what I would do. <laughs> Let me go find the place where everybody else stinks. <laughs> That's going to be the last word. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.